our opening hymn will be number 731. Hymn number 731. Since the earliest of times, Christians have walked the Via Della Rosa, the way that Christ walked with the cross in Jerusalem. For many down through the ages, it was always the greatest desire to be able likewise to travel to Jerusalem to take that journey. Unfortunately, not everyone has been able to fulfill that desire because it was so hazardous and such a long pilgrimage to make in previous time. 
as in many ways it still is today. The Stations of the Cross allows that desire to be realised. In most Catholic churches for many centuries, the devotion arose which in picture form conjures up that journey taken by Christ with his cross. Instead of travelling many miles, in any church that same journey can be made with great devotion and faith around the Stations of the Cross which recall Jesus' journey to Calvary. Stations are places in which things stop, buses, trains, airplanes. And likewise, in each of these stations, we stop, pondering and thinking about these moments in which Christ bore the cross for us to Calvary. Let us pray. Jesus, Son of God and Son of Man, you came on earth for us to share and redeem our human existence. You were humbler than we could ever imagine, bearing the condemnation of an innocent man, rebuked and insulted, and bearing the torturous cross and dying for our sakes. Help us to bear the cross of pain in our life. Help us to bear the trials of the cross the torment of the cross that comes to us. And help us to realise that in accepting the cross, we are entering into a deeper and more mysterious union with you. May I invite you please to stand. I may invite you just to come forward and to move around the stations uh, with with us all. So if you just move uh, to this first station here, and then we'll move uh, directly to the others. The first station, Jesus is condemned to death. In this station, we see that Pontius Pilate was forced to condemn Jesus to death. The New Testament is kind to Pilate, picturing him as wishing to set Jesus free, but unable to do so. But history tells us that far from being a generous or kind individual, Pilate was cruel, vexatious, and petty, sending his soldiers disguised into a crowd and drawing their swords to wound and kill the innocent. Jesus, too, is innocent of any crime. He is condemned unjustly and seems to offer no word in his own defence or call no one to speak for him. He is silent before his foes, quiet before their judgment. He has nothing to say about their charges. How unlike we are to you. Words of justification and anger would pour out of us when faced with condemnation. Teach us to carry the cross in our life, the suffering that comes our way, the pain of the judgment of others, and the dark night that comes to us. The second station, Jesus receives the cross. Centuries have made the cross into something nice, a nice shape, something with no sharp edges, something plain, shiny and polished. The reality would have been different. 
two hacked trees, perhaps bound together hastily, the person forced to carry it to the place where he would be put to death. The Romans were excellent at devising forms of torment and ways of putting people to death. These forms of capital punishment were effective, but also used to strike fear into their enemies. Crucifixion was reserved for the worst of criminals. Jesus, innocent as he was, receives the greatest of punishments, whipped and lashed and crowned with thorns. He is forced to carry this wood through crowds who once loved him and who now have turned against him. He dies as a common criminal. Jesus, you were innocent of any crime, and yet you receive a punishment notorious throughout the ages for its barbarity. The humiliation and torture are so real. Many in our world also have to bear heavy crosses, homes and towns swept away by the elements, grinding poverty, a lack of love in their life, and a sense of hopelessness. Your cross redeems the world. It raises up people who are bowed down, and it frees people who are held captive. The third station, Jesus falls for the first time. We can speculate why he falls. Is it the crowd who push him? Is it the weight of the cross? Is it the result of the punishment that he has already received? Whatever it is, he falls like any human being would fall in such a moment. He is truly a man in this hour, truly knowing the weakness of his human flesh. You know our human suffering. You know the pain that men and women feel. You too have known the darkness and fear that is in the human heart. Yet you rise again to continue this journey and to see it to the end. Your courage is not broken. Your desire to do the will of your Father is not broken. The fourth station, Jesus meets his blessed mother. We often think that Jesus is alone on this journey, and yet he is not alone. He will meet many who will give him consolation. His mother Mary is there, as she always is. She is not afraid of the crowd, not afraid to remind them who she is. On this road, they meet once again. Their eyes catch each other, and between them is this special and unique bond of love. Their hearts are bound together as their lives are. He will continue along this road, and she will be near him along the way. We are overcome in our daily life by the mystery of how Mary is in the story of the Gospel. She is always close to you, even now at the time of your death. And she too is a disciple who follows. But now this moment she stays close to you, when others hide away or are in fear of their life. Help us to stay close to you. The fifth station. Jesus is helped to carry the cross by Simon. The Simon who is mentioned here 
is said to have come from Cyrene, which is modern-day Libya. This land suffers much today. Speculation of why he might be in Jerusalem at this point points to him perhaps being a merchant coming for the festival to sell his wares at Passover time when many people would have come to the city. Maybe it is because he is a foreigner that he sticks out. Maybe he might be taller and stronger than the others around him. Whatever the reason it is that he is chosen, we remain unsure. As so often, it is the unexpected one who becomes the hero in the gospel. As so often, it is the outsider who does the right thing. God won't be placed in a box, and his mercy doesn't visit those whom we consider to be the deserving. He can raise up whoever he wishes. Father, let us see as you see. Take away our blind spots. Remove our short-sightedness. You choose a stranger to carry your son's cross, someone who knew nothing about him. Likewise, you will send us a stranger to carry the cross for ourselves, a person who doesn't know us and seems not to know you. Your grace is stronger than we can imagine. The sixth station, a woman wipes the face of Jesus. We often think that there is no one to speak for him, no one to help him on this road, and yet there are many. By tradition, this woman steps forward to wipe his face, to remove the tears, the blood and the sweat that cover his face. This woman is not even mentioned in the scriptures. Did she exist, or was she a memory of the early Christians, or an imagined person from among the women who mourned for him? By tradition, she offers a small gesture, yet something filled with great human tenderness and love. Heavenly Father, in a lifetime, how many times have we met such acts of kindness from strangers, people who have wiped our tears away, have embraced us and have comforted us. When we bear the cross, we know that we are not alone, for you send angels to comfort us. The seventh station, Jesus falls for the second time. The word fall has a special resonance for all Christians. In the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve fell from grace. Here again, a son of man falls to the ground. But instead of remaining on the ground, he rises again. His fall is not the fall of our first parents. He rises again to do the will of his father. The cup shall not pass from his lips. Father, how often we have fallen like Adam and Eve, how often we have seemed weak before the temptations of life, how often we've been allured by the shininess of the fruit and all that it promises, only then to be disappointed. 
Heavenly Father, give us strength and your grace to resist the day of temptation and the illusions which face us. Eighth station, Jesus meets the women of Jerusalem. Again, Jesus is not alone on this road, but there are women who weep for him. They are not afraid to weep openly for him, not afraid to align themselves with him, not afraid to be counted as his friend. They weep for him as for someone who is dear to them. Unlike the men disciples, they do not run away to safety or hide in locked rooms. They are faithful to the end and are not afraid. Lord, let us never tire of being your friends, just as you never tire of showing your love. Let us never be afraid to be counted amongst ones that belong to you. Let us never be afraid to shed tears at the memory of your passion and death. We belong to you. You call us no longer servants, but true friends. Give us a grace to join you on the road, no matter where it leads. The ninth station, Jesus falls for the third time. The stations tell us that he fell three times, but we do not know if the number was this or even more. But that he falls, we can so easily imagine it to be so. Such extreme torture, such a merciless journey, His fall is a heavy fall, and he is surely crushed by the weight of the burden and by the life that drains from him. Jesus, your face is in the dust. Jesus, your body lies prostrate on the ground. To those who look on, they are sure that you will not even make the place where you are to be crucified. You rise again to do the will of the Father, All must be accomplished. You will not fail the test. Help us in our turn not to fail the tests of faith. Tenth station, Jesus is stripped of his clothes. Like the cross over the centuries, we have sanitised this scene. In this station, we leave Jesus wearing a loincloth, but we know it would not have been so. All his clothes would have been removed. He would have been completely naked. This was to humiliate him, to leave him now without anything, with absolutely nothing. He is empty of everything. Father, the mystery of the cross is a mystery of divine love, love that gives everything, everything away. On the cross, your son gives everything away, loves without looking for anything in return, forgives without looking for anything in return. The cross contains the mystery of your love. Teach us how to love in our daily lives through the cross. The eleventh station, Jesus is nailed to the cross. Archaeological evidence of the bones of people that have been crucified tells us that the traditional way that we conceive that people were crucified is not correct. The nails were attached to heel bones and the nails inserted in the wrists. 
it would have been a lingering death, not brought about by these wounds, but gradually by a form of asphyxiation. A cruel death would be difficult to imagine. Lord Jesus, you are wounded by the nails that pin you to the cross. These nails maximise your pain and suffering. Not simply for you to be bound by ropes to the wood as others in the past might have been. Your love transforms this pain. These wounds are the sign of your love for us. And the generations that will look on these wounds will testify to your love for us. You came not to condemn the world, but so that through you it might have life. The twelfth station, Jesus dies on the cross. We stop at this station and gaze and wonder. Everything that we are told about God is that he is surrounded in glory. And here are you, surrounded by failure. Naked on the cross, pierced by the nails and the lance, crowned with thorns, treated as a common criminal, accused of treachery. There is no reason to believe what has been taught is true at this moment. There is no reason to believe that he is the Son of God come on earth. He is just another son of Adam. And yet, this scene will be gazed upon by the generations with wonder and love. For it is true that the Son of God came on earth and lived and died for us. Here is the sign that was to be rejected. Lord Jesus, merciful Son of God, you underwent the passion for our sake and died on the cross for us. This is your Father's great sign to us of his love. Father, you stayed the hand of Abraham before he would kill his son. So terrible a thing did it seem. But now you do not stay your own hand to save your only begotten son, but give him up to show how much you love us. We say that you remain silent before the, mystery of the, the misery of the world, before the terrible things that happen in human existence, and yet it is not true. For here is your answer, that you would even give up your own son to show how much you love us. The thirteenth station, Jesus is taken down from the cross. Art, down through the centuries, has reached out to sum up this moment. Many paintings exist which recall this moment of deep sorrow to mind. Those who were there, his mother, the woman, the disciple he loved, all totally grief-stricken, beside themselves with grief. No word could console them, no comfort could be given them. Theirs is the sorrow of the entire world, which refuses to be consoled. Jesus, we look on you as you are prized from the cross, as your broken body is taken down. 
We look on at that grief of your mother, your relatives and your friends. And we, like them, are overcome by what you have endured. It reminds us of the many acts of cruelty and barbarism in our world. And it reminds us of the cruel heart that is within each of us that is capable of wounding another. Yet your answer is not to hate or rebuke, but your answer is love. Your answer is always the same. It is love, the same love that will save the world. The 14th station. Jesus is laid in the tomb. The Gospel is very careful to mention where Jesus is put. He is put in a tomb with a large stone rolled over it and that it is a new tomb in which nobody has been laid. The stone is put there not because they expect anyone to come out, but because in those times they were fearful of tomb raiders who would steal away prized possessions that were left by the living with the dead. But something happens here which has never happened. The tomb is opened not by anyone on the outside, but by the one who is inside. By the Father's power, the tomb is empty and the body of Jesus is raised from the dead. In the darkest of places, in that place where is the greatest of fears, the light of God shines in the darkness of corners. The only things that are left are the cloths. The risen body of Jesus has come forth from the tomb. How empty our life seems when we forget about you. How empty those strivings and ambitions become. The daily remembrance of the empty tomb gives meaning to everything. You have not created us for the darkness of the tomb, but for the light of the resurrection. You have not created us to live hopeless lives or lives of despair, but to live in the light of your mercy and love. The rock which encloses the tomb can never be strong enough to contain your love. Our hymn is number 719. Hymn number 719. 